Hello, and welcome to Beyond the Canvas. My name is Frank. And I'm Monse. And we will be co-hosts guiding you through a little bit of art history on this podcast. Just to start off, Beyond the Canvas is Muse Beauty's art history podcast, and it's part of the Glaze creative community that we're trying to create based in Austin, Texas. With this podcast, we want to present the more academic part of Muse in a fun and accessible way. We really wanted to show a lot of the studying and the discussions that go on in the field and the industry of art history that goes into all of the makeup looks and the beauty that you see on Instagram and on the website and just show more of what was going on behind the scenes there and the history of that topic. So with that being said, it's time to look beyond the canvas. The first thing that we can kind of, I think, go into is maybe describe a little bit how we got into art history. I can go first. Okay. I started doing art history in high school. I took AP art history. And before that, I had no idea almost what it was. And I feel like that's the case for most, if not all, people. And yeah, once I got into college, I just started, I'm minoring in art history now. And so I've just been taking one or two art history classes a semester. I also took AP art history in high school and absolutely fell in love with it. There was no other major that I was contemplating when I was deciding what I was going to study and I have not regretted my decision once. So what are like, what are some of your favorite pieces or artists or I guess what draws you to art history? For me, what I really love about art history is how it's an expression of humanity over time, whether it be from cave art to artists on Instagram. Personally, my favorite art periods are anything to do with modernity because I think it's so interesting seeing how these expressions in the format of art relate to everything that has shaped who we are as a society. Absolutely, because you also like have a lot of like an anthropological perspective as well, which we'll definitely get into that later on in the episode because art history isn't just like the study of art or the study of history. It's like sort of both of them and how they intersect. And I think your like anthropological background like comes in really handy when you know you look at art history, especially. For me, I wish I had such like such a important like central unifying theme, I guess, <laughs> to my like relationship with art history. But I think it's really based in how I just really like things that are pretty. Like I really appreciate aesthetic value, and I do think that that has a lot to say about you know art. Like art, um, like an art piece's aesthetic value does have a lot to say about its history and its context and the culture and everything. But I think that's like what pulled me there first is like, pretty, pretty. (laughs) And then it opened the doors to everything else. Literally. Uh, (laughs) There's just so much, I guess, yeah, like there's so much that hides behind something that's very pretty. So what, I want you to answer this question sort of for the listeners, viewers, because I feel like you're going to have a good definition, but what is art history to you? So the textbook definition, which I think is what gives art history the not that interesting reputation that it has, is, quote, the academic study of the history and development of painting, sculpture, and other visual arts, quote, 
while yes, that is part of it, it is only one part of it. Art history is the physical evidence of human expression and evolution since the beginning of mankind, which is what I find so fascinating about it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's so much, you, you told me this quote the other day, so I'm going to say it, but credits to you. You were like, mm-hmm. uh, an art historian is just a historian with an extra toolbox. And that's like such a good way of looking at it because it intersects with, I mean, every other discipline that you can think of, whether it's science, history, politics, literature, music, any other field or discipline or industry like that is all like encapsulated with art history, which I guess brings us to the next point of what does art history entail or encompass? So this is a very interesting point because I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the Renaissance. It's one of the most famous art movements of all time. And in those times, art was strictly realistic depictions of biblical scenes, of mythological stories. And for so long, that standard was- Solid, it was- Yeah, yeah, that was all art was. And then one of my favorite artists ever, Duchamp, completely changed the game by truly making people question what is art. Because right. of Duchamp and his urinal, which is also very famous, yes. art can literally be anything. If you choose for it to be art, if you say that it's art, it's art. Right. And that's the way that we look at it now. And I think that's a really good way of looking at it. But especially when we look at art history, we have to consider too the fact that it wasn't always that way. In like for the Renaissance, for example, or even in uh, post-Renaissance like France with the Academy and everything, it's very strict of this is considered art or this is not you know considered art or accepted as art. And we even carry some of that today too. I think when I was going into art history, I didn't realize how broad the scope of what we study under art history is. So when I was looking at these caveman paintings or like Neanderthal paintings of um, uh, hunts or depictions of animals, animals. yes, bulls and birds and whatnot that describe the natural world versus looking at a urinal. It's like, how do you get from point A to point B of cave paintings to, you know, putting a name on a urinal? And those are both under the same thing and I think that's like really that's that's what's so amazing about art history exactly it's all encompassing the question isn't what does it encompass because it encompasses everything everything right it's it's almost like it would almost be easier to answer what doesn't it encompass but even asking that you would be hard-pressed to find an answer I think because just like anything else art and art history is subjective right but it also takes in I think a considerable amount of objectivity too uh you'd be surprised like there's that interpretive part to it of like what does the pearl necklace mean or what does the dog in the corner symbolism right there's so much symbolism and human imagery but there's also so many like facts and like science or math all of that that goes into it as well when you look at geometry and the way that artists render things and things like that as well I think another really important part when questioning what is art is the fact that any piece of art 
is the product of a relationship between the artist and the person interpreting that work. Because the artists had their own intentions when they were creating, but those intentions aren't always translated or known. And it's up to the interpreter to complete what the work of art actually is. Absolutely. Because I could have a completely different interpretation to something than you, and they're both valid. Right. Or even from the artist, because I feel like a lot of the times an artist might put something out and then the way that it's uh, conceived or not conceived, but construed by the public is completely different to their ideas. Like, okay, like Georgia O'Keeffe, she always said that her flowers were not sexual imagery at all, but if I've you, never seen them as anything else. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, and it's almost that play between what's the artist's perspective, what's the viewer's perspective. That I think is a lot of where the art comes through as well. A play on subjectivity and objectivity. Absolutely. So the next question that I kind of want to explore is how do we study art history, I guess? Well, you also took AP art history in high school. So, you yes. know, the, the first introduction you really get to the field is learning the basic form, function, content, context of it. What does it look like? What's its purpose? Like, when was it made? What's the history behind it? Absolutely. And I think that I, I would be lying if I said that I still don't think of it in those terms nowadays, because it almost breaks the complexity into four distinct separate areas that you can sort of analyze and understand a piece through. But it is also a little bit uh, like foundational or rudimentary because I feel like now, at least in college, we learn about it in so many, I mean, I don't think I've ever learned about it in those four concrete ways. You know what I mean? No, I completely agree. It's definitely a foundation to build upon and introduce you to the world created in a particular piece. Right, because, and now especially, there's so much about connecting, at least in the way that my journey has been, like as I've learned more about art history and started taking higher level classes, it's so much more about how this relates to this other artist or this other piece or this other movement or how two works speak in dialogue to each other or whatever that may be. From the foundational form function content context, the context is truly the most important part because you're not going to understand anything about a piece without knowing what time period it was made and where it was made, what was going on, what came right before that influenced it. Absolutely. I think that when you look at it, sort of if you split art history into art and history, the context is the most like historical part of what's going on there. And it kind of ties into that whole idea of how all art is political. That's, you know, a, a quote or a phrase that I think gets thrown around a lot. But I really do think it's true because when you look at any art piece and the conditions that went into making it, the artist's life, where the artist was living, so on and so forth, it shows that looking at any art piece, you can see sort of the product of the context that it was made in. Does that make sense? Yes, completely. One of the most important things about art history, in my opinion, is how much it tells us about human history. As you mentioned before, art historians are just historians with an extra toolbox. And a perfect example of this is the Rococo movement from the 1730s, yes. which is sometimes referred to as the late Baroque movement. 
Right. And this was in France at the time of absolutism, you know, King Louis the 15th, that was the extreme aristocracy where it was the 1% absolutely thriving and extravagance yeah. and the 99% of the French population was starving. Right. And the art created in the Rococo movement is a testament to this because it's very ornate and beautiful and over the top, lots of use of gold. And Luxurious. it is a, exactly, and it is a perfect representation of the situation at this movement at this time. Right. And especially, you know, the, the people that were creating art at this Rococo period were of the upper class. There were courtesan painters. People were painting, you know, Madame de Pompadour was uh, King Louis's consort. And so she commissioned a lot of art. It was the rich people that were making a lot of art. Because this was a time that the creation of art was completely dependent on the patronage system. Exactly. But then later, I, I think you can sort of see a shift. You know, Rococo is kind of the Marie Antoinette, the calm before the storm. Mm -hmm. And then once revolution begins later in the 1700s, early 1800s, the French Revolution begins. And you can see that, for example, in Eugene Delacroix's Liberty Leading the People. So you shift more into, I think it's romanticism. And with that, it just shows sort of the progression, the, the political, I think, implications behind different movements, behind different um, art eras. You can almost even see it as, as like a graphic novel of what was happening. Yeah, I think the, even in like the way that the style is rendered, the way that they render reality, you can see the psychological influence behind the artist's creation. You can also, I think, see that a little bit in Impressionism too. Even at that time, France was very stable. So this was after Revolution, 1860s, 70s. And there's a lot of daily life scenes, nature scenes, I would say Impressionism, well, it kind of contradicts the statement from earlier that all art is political. I think Impressionism is maybe one of the least political. It's very like, everything is just nice and simple and pretty, you know what I mean? But also you can argue that it is political because what the Impressionists were so iconic for was the fact that they were the first ones to break from the academy and to do their own thing and to take a stand against the canon of beauty that had been established that nobody had stepped away from before. Yeah, that's absolutely true because I think it would take a certain degree of political, social, class stability at the time for artistic experimentation to arise. Absolutely. And the relevance of art history transcends just history and politics as well. It truly does relate to every other discipline you can think of. Yeah, absolutely. Even just immediately within the field of art, uh, if you want to, you know, take a broader look at what art is, music, fashion, film, and these sorts of things, you can see very clearly how during, for example, the Rococo period, which we were just talking about, there was a corresponding movement in opera through Mozart and even in fashion, or with, for example, muralism. When you look at Mexico in the 1900s, there's corresponding movements happening in film with um, new Latin American cinema and even in literature with like magical realism, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. There's these different little sort of movements happening alongside in different artistic industries as well. But it even I think goes into other completely 
So like you, like your stuff with anthropology. Yeah, truly, anthropology and art history go hand in hand. That's why I made the decision to minor in anthropology after the first class I took, because I realized how relevant they are to each other. The field of anthropology is really broad. It's the study of human societies and cultures just in general. But the part of it that I love is the art historical aspect of it because every culture, no matter at what time or where in the world has produced art, they have expressed themselves in some way. Because when you study human development within the field of anthropology, you come to find that art is truly one of the only constants in every scenario, throughout every civilization, throughout the history of humankind. I mean, that makes complete sense because it's like, at the end of the day, I think when we look at art, we're looking at the act of human creation. And that is what, that's what humans do is we, we create, like, just like a kangaroo jumps, I think humans. We have this need to express ourselves urge yeah this urge to create to express ourselves and I actually this is a, like a little side note I feel like so much of that we can see in these like primitive cave paintings because I think like it's almost like the most common ancestor sort of deal um anyways it just shows like really the primitive act of creation and the, the seeing how that carries on in different forms is Really. The fact that when humanity was considered completely uncivilized, they still went out of their way to create art. Yes, and even to direct resources and materials and energy and time and focus into this creation is, it, it's like a little bit powerful in that sense. It's the very powerful. That I think art history, this is like my own personal, I guess, involvement with it is science and STEM. I'm, I'm personally a biochemistry major. I'm not majoring in art history. And I was actually surprised to see how much of art history and museum studies uses science and technology and how even developments in science and technology can be seen in artistic developments, like in photography, for example. That was like a, a work of engineering, I would say, that really pushed art further and pushed the boundary of art further and even conservation, like for example, when you're looking to see if something is a forgery, you, you can look at the paint and you can even look at the chemical composition of the paint to see if it matches what would, would have been used at that time. Like, I think, I think I watched a video once of someone seeing if a Jackson Pollock piece was a fake. And the reason that they saw that it was is because the paint, there was something with the titanium white and it was mm -hmm. like, this paint wasn't used at that time. And so that's how you can use these sort of chemical deductions to see more, I guess, beyond the painting. Or even what you were mentioning earlier about photography, before the camera was invented, the, the way things were studied and presented in textbooks was art. There right. were drawings and art, and that is how all of this knowledge and information got translated to the next generations through art. Absolutely. And even that even that also makes me think of how the Renaissance masters, uh, Da Vinci, Michelangelo, they did anatomical studies. Yeah, that's something a lot of people don't actually know about Michelangelo. He actually made a deal with the church that he would produce a statue of Jesus for them in return for letting or for giving him dead bodies to right. study and cut open so he could create 
the just breathtaking works that we know him for today. Right. And with that, he, he gained such an understanding of the human form. And that's what we know him for today. You know, these bodies that look like statues. I, I mean, they're literally sculptures, like, you know what I mean? And so it's really interesting to see how these different, you, you can see sort of the human progression in different fields parallel in a parallel way. Definitely. It, it truly is relevant to everything that has to do with humanity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beyond the Canvas is brought to you by Muse Beauty, a brand made by creatives for creatives. Muse Beauty makes creative makeup easy so you can try something new with your everyday makeup. All Muse Beauty products are cruelty-free and have been formulated to seamlessly fit into your morning routine. Whether you're going for a bold editorial look or you're just getting comfortable with color, Muse Beauty allows you to be your own canvas. So Frank, we've been talking a lot about what art history is, but I think we should talk a little bit about what art history isn't because there's a lot of common misconceptions about it. That's a great idea. And these, all, I think everything that we have, you know, to talk about is, these are all things that I myself thought going into art history, my first art history class, because it, there's nothing really to compare it to. And so there's a lot of misconceptions that arise like the first misconception I think that I believed, I'm sure you did too, is that art history really isn't that much about memorizing and repeating specific dates and mediums, whether it's oil on canvas or whatever, or artist names. It's about understanding, as we were emphasizing earlier, the context, the importance, the relevance of the time, what it tells us. Right. Or even the story that it's telling, sometimes I will admit this is, you know, if my high school art history teacher is listening to this, I apologize or any of my professors. Sometimes I'll go into a exam or a test and I'll realize, oh, I did not study as much as I should have. But it's almost like it's not about the specific necessarily like nitty gritty details, the year, the medium, the artist, whatever. But it's like, can you tell the story of this art piece? Can you tell what's happening within it. A lot of the times the art gives you clues to what's happening within it. You can see, like we said, what's going on within the society at that time, just by looking at the artwork. Of course, that's not to say that research and facts and everything aren't important, but I would say like that more subjective side of it has saved my ass basically. <laughs> you know, for sure. Like, yes, on an exam or whatever, you do have to memorize like 1862, Paris, right. France, whatever. That. But that's what is going to give you the least amount of points, even on an exam. What's truly important is that you understand the overarching themes. Right. And I think that's also when when you're looking at it as a way of understanding human history, knowing that such and such piece was made on such and such date by such and such artist doesn't really help you that much at all. You need to know the greater story of what's going on, which is almost, it, it's almost easier because there's this quote that it's like, you don't have to memorize anything if you just know it. And I mm -hmm. feel like that applies a lot to art history. You just sort of can, you know the story behind it. And so then it's less about these minute details. And art history really is one of those fields that the more you learn or understand, you kind of just, not that it's easier, but you get like an easier understanding of it. Like it's- Right. Because you have, 
I think that sort of leans into this idea that um, I heard this quote having to do with books and literature, but I think it also completely applies to art. The idea that all stories are part of the same story. I think in the same way, all I artworks are a part of the same the story of humanity exactly. that is why i love art history so much and history because it literally tells you and shows you why everything is the way it is now why right. people are the way that they are now right it's which just is something a, i think people look over right and that's that i think that brings us to the next thing is looking over and that's like all the issues that are in the field of art history there's a lot of erasure of women artists, artists of color. And I think that comes from the fact that art is sort of the beauty of the beholder type of thing. And when this beholder is limited to a certain social class, patrons are, you know, the wealthy or the ruling class or whatever it is, it sort of warps what we include in the canon. Oh, definitely. The field of art history, which as an art historian is something I'm committed to improving improve on yeah is how eurocentric it is absolutely like in any introduction art history class you take you're gonna learn about the renaissance and impressionism for 90 percent of the semester and then you're gonna learn about asia africa and latin america and everything else in a week like right and it's all sort of it's made to seem very homogenous everything that's not european and it's really not like that i mean there's also the way that these non-Western cultures or non-European cultures influence European art is so, like, for example, Picasso. Picasso and the African masks. Exactly. And mm -hmm. even with uh, Japanese art in having to do with impressionism, things like that, like that's things that we look over so easily. And even when we do look at them, I think sometimes art history sees it as a footnote or a cause of only because it's related to European art and I think that's something that's that needs Problematic. to change changing yes definitely which also goes into the point that art is not just something that you find in a museum absolutely like it's not just these pretty paintings and statues art is uh, the ceramics that they're making in a Latin American country right or even so I took a class on Tibetan art history. It's It can be ritual objects, ceremonial objects. They are very, I mean, the craftsmanship and the technique that goes into making them are on the level of art. They hold artistic value, but their purpose isn't to be looked at. Their purpose is to be used, you know what I mean? And so even then art can be outside of something that is visual as well. Which goes back to Duchamp raising the question of, what is art? Anything can be art. Exactly, exactly. And that's such a, I think, ubiquitous question in art history. What is art? I think in your first intro class, that was probably the first question they posed to sort of break open your mind a little bit and get you into thinking about it. And it is such an important question because I think anytime you look at any art piece, you have to resolve that piece with that question a little bit. That's why when you're thinking about the discipline of art history, it's so important to have an open mind and to keep an inclusive and broad perspective. Right. Um, it's a little bit like you have to kind of decolonize your mind, I guess, because it's, since, I mean, the Renaissance, a lot of how we see art history started there. And it started with European 
wealthy men deciding what was valuable in art. And it's sort of, we have to break apart from that and form a more universal, global, multifaceted approach to the canon and art history, the field in general. Because art history isn't just European art. Art history is the art of humanity. Frank, I know we can talk about this for hours. We Sadly, can. This, is all, this we is all the time we have for today. We really hope that we introduced you to something you didn't know about before, maybe piqued an interest. Or, you know, showed y'all a little peek behind the curtain at what goes on behind the musée, what sort of the inspiration was, where we draw from. If you're interested in art history, I would definitely recommend, I mean, online is obviously a great resource to just sort of look into whatever field or branch you want of art history. We're also going to be making videos about Impressionism specifically. Mm -hmm. Very excited. Yes, coming up soon. So be sure to tune in to our next episode where we'll be going into depth about the movement that inspired Musée Beauty's current collection, Impressionism and All Plan Air. It'll be very interesting for sure. We'll get sort of more into some details and specifics and the tea behind it all. Yes, absolutely. But for now, thank you for joining us today and thank you for listening. My name is Frank. I'm Monse. And this has been a look beyond the canvas. <laughs>